The Discussing Network presents Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back Ryan Kent. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well, Kyle. How are you? Doing well. The last time you and I talked on a audio-type conversation was DC Fandom, but you know we've kept in touch, and it's been a couple of months, so I just want to tell you, good to talk to you, my friend. How are you doing? Absolutely the same. I'm doing well, and I hope you are the same. I hope everyone out there is doing well as things in uh, around the world are looking like things are taking a bad turn again. Hopefully everyone's staying indoors and staying safe. That indeed it is, and it's December the 2nd as of this recording, and I don't know what the temperature is where you are, but it is 48 degrees here in Mississippi. What About what do you think? It, was it cold where you are? I would say you've got to be by at least 20 degrees. In the in the great state of Illinois, it is quite frigid right now. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking you're probably, like you just said, 20 degrees. Ooh, and so you're getting down in the teens probably tonight. Oh, yeah. Every night when I take my new puppy out, morning and evening, it's uh, it's usually frost on the ground and I'm shivering. So new puppy. So what kind of puppy? Oh, we got a little boxer, little boxer puppy, and his name is Bruce, and he is a handful. I'll tell you what. So no, no, no caves or anything for him. You know, he doesn't disappear at night. I'm curious. When people ask us what his middle name is, we say um, his name is Bruce Wayne Lee Willis Banner uh, Kent. So he's got a, he's got a couple uh, alter egos in there. Well, considering alter egos, because this is a good segue here into what we're going to be talking about on this episode. Some of the actors that are coming back for the second version of this movie is not the same or are not the same actors as in the first movie. And the movie I'm talking about is 2016's version of Suicide Squad and the 2021 version of Suicide Squad, which I'm not going to call it Suicide Squad 2 because I'm not sure if it's really a sequel. So what do you think? To me, from what I've seen, it looks like a, I I don't know what the term would be, like a soft sequel, kind of like the Incredible Hulk to Ang Lee's Hulk, where they're keeping some continuity, but changing out some parts and and really trying to regun this franchise on the fly. Got you. So did you see the first one? I did. I did. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it a couple months later on uh, Video On Demand. So did you like it? Just brief thought? Mixed thoughts, I would say. I think there's a, there's a lot of good things to like in there, and then there's a lot of things I had some trouble with, but it, it, it's definitely an entertaining film, to say the least. You know, I think I will second what you said. There were things... That I, I loved Harley Quinn, uh, you know, hands down. Absolutely, yes. I liked Will Smith's character, hands down, but there are things that fell apart kind of at the end. It just felt anticlimactic, maybe? I, I would say that's a, that's, a, that's a good adjective for it. I would say that they put a lot of focus on character and they got a lot of the characters right a lot of the main characters but uh the plot was just kind of here or there but you know it's a it's definitely a fun watch with a i would say a killer soundtrack um so i will say that i am very excited for the next movie and pending on how things are with the pandemic when this comes out i would love to see this in theaters because i love idris elba as an actor john cena Mm -hmm. is in it peter capaldi you know the 12th doctor is in it so i'm like really really excited about seeing it but for this episode what we're going to do is kind of go backwards in time to 2016 when discussing who at the time was doing not just doctor who but also doing 
comic books and science fiction. So we did a review of Suicide Squad. So if you've been living under a rock and you've not seen Suicide Squad, put us on pause, go out, watch the movie, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Clarence, are you ready to get into the history and then into the movie? Let's do it. All right, good deal. So I think you have some questions for me about the Suicide Squad in general, so I'll yeah. let you take it away. Yeah, cool. I don't have nothing for him. I don't have written down anything, but I have a few thoughts in my head I want us to go over. Like, from the comic perspective, and you said you read one, uh, one of the comics recently. I don't know if it was an old comic or maybe they, a re-release with the rebirth. I have no idea. But talk about that. And also, what do you think the Suicide Squad is? Let me answer that. And, you know, anyone who knows me and who's listened to this podcast and who's actually listening to this story right now is I like to talk. So let me break that question down in several, several parts. So let's go back to the very beginning of Suicide Squad. So without saying anything, Clarence, question for you. When do you think Suicide Squad, based on the nature of what it's about, the title Suicide Squad Give me a year when the first Suicide Squad story was published. When do you think it was? You know, it sounds like something that's very 90s, I want to say. that That's just my feeling. Okay. <laughs> but but I, I don't know that for sure. I really have no clue. I, well, I will, I, I will give you this much. You, the year does have two nines in it, but not 90s. It actually, the first Suicide Squad story was way back in 1959. Wow. The Suicide Squad in 1959, they first appeared in The Brave and the Bold, issue number 25. Again, that was 1959. They were created by writer and artist team Robert Kaniger and Ross Andrew, I believe, and hope that I said their names correctly. So the first team. There were four individuals. Interestingly enough, they were on missions that pretty much guaranteed their death, which is very similar to, um, you know, what suicide, suicide Squad is today. You know, they're sent on the worst missions or the, the most dangerous missions. But mm-hmm. the original Suicide Squad, four people, were Rick Flagg Jr., Karen Grace, who was Flagg's girlfriend, someone named Jess Bright, and Dr. Hugh Evans. And okay, well, okay. Can, can I? Yeah, go for it. Can, can we sprinkle in movie elements a little bit with these questions? Yes, yes, because <laughs> yes. it seems fitting. Okay, Rick Flag was a. Uh, they played him up as kind of a very important character in the movie, but I was always like, "Who is this guy, and why is he important?" You know, <laughs> they, they, he was a very pivotal in a lot of ways character in the film and they and i really just have never heard of him had no idea who he is so that's kind of interesting and fitting to see that he was in the first suicide squad and and hence i think where they gave the importance of you know he was in 1959 And, and here's what's really really interesting is all four members chose to join the team because they somehow miraculously survived experiences where everyone else around them died. 
but for whatever miraculous reason, they didn't. So my my my, how things change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so they're vol- volunteering volunteering for this team. They're yes. not being coerced or threatened into being on the Suicide Squad. No, that's, no, oh, that's no. They, different. No, they decide. Oh, yeah, we didn't die, so let's go out and since we don't think anything can kill us, let's go do dangerous missions and see what happens. Because guess what? Oh. We might survive. Well, I have to ask this question. And I'm, my guess is it's going to be a big fat no. No pun intended. Amanda Waller. Ah. Is, is she in the 1959 Suicide no. Squad? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> For a, 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 a myriad of reasons, I th- thought she wouldn't be, but I had to ask. And the bold or that version of the Suicide Squad went away and was not revived until 1987. Wow. And it was in that car- incarnation that we did meet the person you just mentioned, Amanda Waller. She was known as being a badass. I mean, there was no other way yeah. to, to say it. And there is a scene in the Justice League Unlimited. Uh, it was either Justice League or Justice League Unlimited where she walks up to Batman, who is, you know, in Batman attire with the Justice League. And Batman's trying to intimidate her. And she looks at him and says something to the effect. Hello, rich boy. <laughs> oh, that is so good because she does something similar in this film. Okay, all right. Well, then, then, then hold that because I want to. I, I, I want to get to that. I want to hear about that. At this point, that's where you've got the villains coming in who are being coerced for whatever reason to join the Suicide Squad, and that's when you had Deadshot, the enchant, the Enchantress. Uh, Blockbuster, Captain Boomerang, Bronze Tiger, those were the original, you know, team members back then. Then they pretty much stayed the same until the New 52, and the New 52 came along, and 52 came along. So too did, uh, a new Suicide Squad, and the biggest thing at that point was adding Harley Quinn, and all of a sudden, Amanda Waller, who was, you know, think about it, and I know I'm jumping here, but think about it for a moment. 1987, you've got a villain group that is kind of like anti-hero, even though they weren't heroes. Uh-huh. They are being led by a, say, five foot five, 230, 250, however, you know, weight-wise do you want to, but, you know, a, a woman, African-American woman, that is leading and commanding and scaring the you-know-what out of these yeah. villains. So, you know, that that right there, to me, was iconic in its time. Yeah, you know? yeah definitely, definitely, definitely weird to see at a time. But if you think about the, you know, I'm kind of just thinking about the where the country is as a whole at this point. It's in the early 80s, so we're kind of... We're through the 70s, the, the uh, uh, racial revolts and things like that, the 60s and 70s. So uh, I'm sorry, 60s. So now you're seeing this kind of prominent figure in a comic book, which is and a woman and a black woman is <laughs> is kind of weird at this point. And and interestingly enough, in 2011, all of a sudden, you know, Amanda Waller of her short, short stature and, you know, big physique. All of a sudden was slim, younger looking, very attractive and, you know, more of your, I don't want to say sex symbol, but that's how she was drawn. You know, she looked much, much younger. You know, and of course, you know, with rebirth, we know 
quote unquote, 10 years were stolen and, uh, from the DC universe. So, you know, that explains that some, to some degree. But, um, you know, still the same attitude, but that iconic Amanda Waller look went away. You know, it's kind of died a little bit in yeah. uh, the New 52. So uh, that leads me to the comic book that I read last week, which was DC Rebirth. And but you, was, you, you, you couldn't get your hands on the 1959 edition? Come no, on. No, I didn't try that. <laughs> Actually, I'm curious. To, I'd be curious, <clears throat> curious to know how much that cost. Probably with the movie – you know, the, that that version probably went up a little bit. I yeah, because I imagine it being kind of not a mainstream. I, I kind of think there wouldn't be a lot of those out there. But yeah, I wouldn't think I so either. But here's what's interesting about Rebirth last week and about Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller appeared in the uh, issue of Teen Titan that was out last week, and she had basically kidnapped Tim Drake, uh, Red Robin, as he's called now. And that was the same petite, slim uh, version that we've had in the new 52. And, you know, that's that's that version. That's who, you know, who we saw. Uh-huh. However, in the first page or two of the um, Suicide Squad rebirth and the first time we see Amanda Waller, the Amanda Waller that everybody knows and loves slash hates was back to her. And all of her glory, I should. So oh, she's wow. she's being char- characterized as Amanda Waller was before, you know, the New Fifty Two. She's back with, you know, her physique looking they, like what she should. Did they play a sto- played it into the story or no? It was just, hey, this is what it is. She's back to the looking the way she should, and I just found it interesting that I'm buying two comics on the same day and Amanda Waller is in both of them <laughs> but in one she's at least 100 125 pounds or however many I don't but you get my point she, she looked drastically different from point book 1 to this book over here yeah i wonder will there be a, a plot reason why that happened eventually maybe in the next few uh, releases mm-hmm. Now, I, honestly, I think that would be more of just like, okay, we heard you, we fixed it, and let's move on. Wow. <laughs> so, so that's pretty much um, all I've got from the comic side, because literally, like I said, you know, I know who they are as a character or a, a group of characters. I know what the book's purpose is. I've seen them in various other books and appearances, but it never been something that I was interested in in reading other than I think Amanda Waller is a great character. Cool beans. Now it's my turn to ask the question. So you've seen the movie. Yes, I have. Before telling me anything, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the movie? I'm going to ask you to rate it before you tell me. Uh, I would say 6.5. Okay. You uh, know, fun. I had fun, I would say 9. But plot, I would say probably 4.5. You know, the plot wasn't great. It was good. It just wasn't nothing to write home about in a sense. You know, it was a, it was okay plot, but it just wasn't great. But yeah, that that's my rating about about a six and a half out of ten. And yeah. Tell me about what it was about. Assume for a moment I know nothing about them. You went into the movie and the movie started. What was it about? What was the setup? It's a bit different than <laughs> the 59 comic. You know, it's not characters that uh, who think they're indestructible uh, joining the Suicide Squad. <laughs> but it, this this one is more about 
Amanda Waller. And, you know, I really can't talk about, well, I'll just say this, then I want to go back and talk about some tie-ins to this film. But uh, Amanda Waller and, and the threat of metahumans, mainly Superman, or any person with a, a strong Superman, coming into the world. And we need this team who that are at, that is at our beck and call that can answer if we have a threat to the world or to the U.S. in, in this case, because it's a government thing. So, yeah, it's, it's all about forming this team that can help out in situations where uh, a metahuman type uh, defense is needed. Okay, who who was the who was the team? Okay, well I know I probably get this wrong, but I'll rat off as many as I can. Of course, you have uh, Deadshot, uh, mm-hmm. uh, played by Will Smith, uh, Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, uh, Rick Flagg. We talked about before. I forgot who's playing him. Uh, Amanda Waller as the kind of hand of the law over this group and keeping them in check and making sure they accomplish their mission. Captain Boomerang, El Diablo, which is a cool character I knew nothing about, but I really like him. And uh, Killer Croc, Enchantress, and Kutana, and Slipknot. And I okay. may be missing somebody. <laughs> no, I think I, I think you got that. You got Rick Flagg, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Rick Flagg. So tell me this, El Diablo, tell me about him, because I actually don't know that much about him at all. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the characters. Well, a few, uh, one of the few, the char- few of the characters who I knew nothing about, and basically, it, he's kind of stereotyped in a way. But I'm gonna say this is it, not really gonna say. But think of your Mexican gangster okay. tattooed up. That's that's basically his how he looks. But uh, at the time we see him in his movie, he's on. He's trying to home his powers in and not to use them because he's caused this destruction that we found in the film spoiler while he was trying to hone his powers he actually uh spazzed out and he kind of burned down his house killing his wife and kids ah. so so he's at this point in his life where he's tried trying not to use his powers and thus gets recruited by amanda waller and guess what he has to use his powers he has to use his powers and boy when we see him is one of the highlights of the film because I did not expect him to have that much power, and it's really awesome. He's he's probably the most powerful person in that group, other than uh, Enchant- Enchantress. Okay, I right. and Enchantress looked a lot different from what she's always been drawn in uh, comics. She didn't have the green hat and the black hair. She looked very grim and gritty, didn't she? Well, maybe you didn't see. Well, maybe in the trailer they don't show that, but later on in the movie, um, when she's in her full form, uh, another spoiler, and Tantris is released by this doll that is found by, what's her regular persona? Uh, uh, June Moon. June Moon, and it releases Tantris on her when she breaks it open. But there's also her brother in the other doll that they keep around for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> and and the kind of the, the main villain in the movie, which to my surprise is her and her brother. Which, uh, when she's almost, when she's in her full form with the help of her brother, she eventually becomes this woman, looks more like June, and she's in green and does this type of, uh, I don't know, um, belly dance type thing when she's moving. Uh, it's, it's, it's really weird, but she's wearing green, and that's probably more the character you're ah, thinking Okay. About. All right. Cool. Yeah. That does, that does sound. So what about Will Smith? How did he? You know what? I did not expect. Okay, Will Smith is is a, obviously one of the big stars probably the past 20, 15, 20 years. And I really didn't, him, didn't expect him to have such a prominent role in his film. But 
man, this this film is almost <laughs> the Will Smith and Margot Robbie show, which, you know, they're top grossing uh, actors. So, yes, I see why that happens. But, man, we get a lot of them. And it's good. It's good. I mean, they're funny. They have good chemistry together. You know, I knew nothing about Deadshot. By the end of the movie, I wound up liking them. They pulled at our heartstrings with the situation with him and his daughter, which um, ultimately winds up being how Amanda Waller kind of kind of gets him to participate. You know, okay. So yeah, he was he was really fun. He was peak Will Smith, I think. And you know, that's another character where no one has really paid attention to the fact of going back to another one of our episodes where they changed the character's race. And it didn't matter. You know, I had no, no idea. <laughs> see, exactly. And that's why I waited until you finished to say in the comic, uh, Deadshot is a white guy. But in the movie, he's not. But you not knowing that from the comic, it didn't, it absolutely did not matter. So in the comic, do we get a lot of unmasked Deadshot? Or is he wearing his mask like 90% of the time? I, I think he's wearing his mask. Every, every time I remember seeing him off the top of my head, uh, he's got the, you know, mask on. Okay. I'll say in the film, he probably has a mask on maybe 20 15 to 20% of the time. Not gotcha. much. Not much. So, so in other words, we're playing off the fact of, Hey, look, it's Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. All right. So you mentioned Harley Quinn. How do, how was she? First off, a little bit of, of background on me <laughs> in the nineties. My parents would not let me watch Batman. <laughs> I was just turned a teenager in the 90s okay. the late 90s i was older but when when that show first came out i think i was just turned a teenager or whatever i could not watch this show why <laughs> my parents would not, i don't know the reason why i guess maybe they saw something on the show they didn't like but i could not watch this show that being said i think that's the first time we see harley quinn she was created for the show in part right part correct part. yes and man Man, people people wanted to hate on Margot Margot Robbie when they first said that she'd be playing Harley Quinn, but man, she she does an excellent job. Man, there's I think she embodies that character or, or plays it. You know, there, no fan could have any question about the dedication she put into um, emulating. I don't know about the comics, how far she uh, emulates what's in the comics, but just me from my experience with that show, I didn't get to see, but saw later <laughs> from the nineties. I think she has a spot on. Spot All right, on. so I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a bit of of Harley Quinn trivia here, and this was something that I had forgotten until I was reading up for doing this episode, and I had totally forgotten this. What can, do you think? And obviously, the answer is going to be yes. I'm going to just say yes. Um, Harley Quinn has a connection to Days of Our Lives. Actor or the character? No, no. The, well, well, in a way, the character, uh, and I'll tell you how. Um, the person who voiced Harley Quinn, and, and, and in a way, that character was mirrored after a character that this woman played on Days of Our Lives called Calliope Jones Bradford. And she was on uh, probably the mid-80s uh, to late 80s. And I remember her. I mean, she she got married at Christmas outside wearing a Christmas dress, if I remember correctly, that had Christmas lights on it. So, I mean, she was an off-the-wall kind of kooky, nutcase wow. kind of character. Good yeah. character, but a nutcase. She was blonde. She had her hair in ponytails a lot. And, uh, you know, that's sounding a little more like, the more I'm talking, that sounds like Harley Quinn. And she voiced 
Harley Quinn in the Batman adventures or animated adventures and, you know, those appearances where she's doing the Mr. J and all that. That was the same woman who voiced, you know, it in the animated series. So, yes, uh, Days of Our Lives and Harley Quinn have a connection. And that's awesome. And, and, I mean, I know we're going to eventually get the Joker. Do you want to save him? Or no, 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 know? no, because he's, he's Mr. J is actually. Oh, man. Uh, go for I, it. I, I know I may get a lot of flack for this, but Heath Ledger was good. He was a good Joker. I'm not going to uh, dispute that with anybody. At the time, I thought he was great. But man, I, I really like Jerry Leto, man. I really like him. He he's the right type of crazy for the Joker. And I think the fact that I I think the fact that we have Harley Quinn as well makes Joker that much more menacing. Okay, so let me ask you a question because this has been my arch question from knowing that Harley Quinn was in there and the Joker was in there. A, was he a part of the team? And B, did that impact if he wasn't or was part of the team anything Harley Quinn did? No, he was not part of the team, definitively. Okay. <laughs> but but it, it did impact some of the choices uh that she made. Uh and and also a lot of th- ways it affected the whole the team as a whole because uh you know, early on once he finds out once Harley gets taken from him, he, he's he's trying to find a way to get her back. Ah, so, okay. so so that's kind of plays into the plot of the movie because um, the Joker is infiltrating the. Okay, let me say this too. There is a uh, a bomb placed at the skull of every person in Suicide Squad. Hence, you know, another coercion to get them to do what Amanda Waller wants them to do. Okay, and. And they make this joke, there's an app for that, a killer app. <laughs> okay. Where they can just press a button on the phone and it will blow their head off, basically. So early on, Joker finds this out and he finds a scientist who actually made the, the bomb and he kind of does the research there to track down exactly where, uh, Harley Quinn would be. Uh, and he also gets in coots with one of the guards at the prison to kind of track them down. And later in the film, there's this scene where, Margot, I mean, I'm sorry, Harley Quinn almost gets away with the Joker, you know, and, and it doesn't really pan out. But, yeah, he he's in the film and there's a lot of good scenes, even though they were short. But there are a lot of good scenes that kind of establishes their relationship. You see why you see why Dr. Uh, what's her real name? Quinzel, who was a blind headed chick. You see how she's more white faced and 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 white haired like the Joker. You know, uh, uh, there's a lot of cool scenes in there till we so see how she got to be who she is. All right. So let me ask you this. You know, you said there are a lot of scenes. Well, according to Jared Leto, there were a lot of scenes that got cut from the movie. Uh, yes, I heard that. That's what I hate to hear happen anytime when you've got especially. You know, if you're saying he did such a great job and yes, the argument could be, oh, well, look at the extended cut with 30 more minutes of, you know. And, and, and I mean, that's probably what it will be. But that being said, I don't since he wasn't the main pivotal, he wasn't a pivotal point to the movie. It made sense for those scenes to be limited because, I mean, I, I would love to see those in extended movie. But for the duration and the cadence of the movie they were giving us, I don't think it really fit in. Uh, but what we got was enough, in my opinion, because now I can't wait to see 
what is going to be in the next Batman film, or I don't think we'll have a Suicide Squad too, but whatever the next film we'll get, you know, I can't wait to see what he does because to me, this is a good, good, good introduction to the Joker. All right. Now, I think that I read somewhere that there may be a Suicide Squad too, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I may have dreamed that. Yeah, I well, I, yeah I'm, I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying I don't know because this seems like it's. Yeah, you know, um, it seems like it could be a good movie to parlay these characters into more things. I think there's going to be a Harley Quinn movie. I think I heard that somewhere. So, and you know what? It's also a good vehicle to introduce. You know, not necessarily bring back the same group, but simple nature of who the Suicide Squad are. Bring in a whole cast of different characters next time. If you or, or bring you know in, let's say, keep two and bring in four more, or you know, change yeah. change it up a little. I think that would be awesome. So so any of the other characters you want to mention that kind of stood out to you other than the- Not really. Okay. <laughs> I mean I say uh El Diablo, we mentioned him. He was cool. Killer Rock was Killer Croc was pretty much ho hum, you know, big rough guy, you right. know. Uh, reptile or whatever. So I mean I won't I won't really go into any any of the other characters, but I do want to talk about how I feel this movie is important to the the uh dc movie verse okay just all right all right before you do that i I do have one quick question what about real brief katana what did you think of her uh she was kind of brought on as the um the actual good guy out of the group you know she was kind of the i'm not gonna say voice of reason because she didn't she rarely spoke but she was kind of the uh moral compass for the group in a lot of ways and she was at rick flag's beck and call to off any other any of them that got out of line gotcha. you know so was she crazy or was she she wasn't crazy okay not at all. good I because i thought she was awesome all right because in the comic recently they portrayed her as the the sword doesn't actually have people in it. It's actually all in her head. If oh, I, but that's uh, but but before she was a member of a team called the Outsiders, who was actually created by Batman. Really? He, yeah, he created his own super team back in the eighties, and it was called Batman and the Outsiders, and she was a member of it. Well, so supposedly she has this sword as a soul taker that right. that that, um, that her husband was killed with, and that she uses to off people, and it captures their souls. Correct. And she talks to the sword. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> All right. So you were about to say how this ties into the overall arch DC cinematic. So go for it. Yeah, man. This this movie definitely is definitely another step. That's starting that that establishes the DC universe as a whole. You know, like we saw with Marvel, they did it over a span of many, many more films. But well, we have three films now, and I think it's really starting to come together, man. I I, I mean, even echoes of Man of Steel are still are are also <laughs> in this movie. The need to even form a Suicide Squad is really predicated on that same thing that made batman want to take out superman is that the threat of an outside force that we can't control kind of coming in and um and and taking us all out that was that was a really good kind of thing that allowed them to even form this group as well as uh man (laughs) ben affleck is in his movie early on we see him uh, him and deadshot go at it and 
how Deadshot gets caught is that his daughter like stands in the way of him of Deadshot actually shooting Batman. So we get uh, we get Ben Affleck there. We also get him in a scene where um, the Joker and Harley Quinn is trying to get away, and Batman is chasing them in the Batmobile, and they kind of go over this cliff uh, into some water, and Batman is the only is the one that actually goes in there and pulls Harley Quinn out. So that's how she gets caught. They're tying it in really really well. I thought those were good nuggets that. It really happened in the first twenty of the film, but I was like, wow, that's cool. And one really surprising thing I did not expect to see was the Flash is who catches Boomerang and puts him in prison. Really? Okay. Yes. Yes. That was a good cameo. Uh, the Boomerang is uh, actually on a heist to act to uh, try to steal some diamonds. And and he thinks he's going to get away. But guess who shows up? Full suited, clear image of Flash standing in front of him. Knowing that the television version is the traditional costume that, for the most part, that everyone's familiar with, this looks more like an armor, correct? Yeah, it's a little more, a little more Iron Man, man-ish, if that, if that, if you can, but more fitting. You know, okay. it's, it's kind of more shiny and more metally looking. I don't know. Uh, but I like the suit though. It looked like it fit in with the rest of the universe and I, I really liked it and it was just really cool seeing seeing him in the film and I guess I could talk about the last scene yeah, uh, well, yeah. the after credits or mid credit scene you should really stay <laughs> so, so I've noticed that uh DC has this habit of instead of doing we're going to do one at the very end their thing now is let's do a mid credit which is fine cuz yeah. I really don't want to stay to the exactly. end exactly <laughs> exactly so so tell me about the mid credit scene so in the mid end credit scene, we see uh, Ben Affleck talking to Amanda Waller and uh, they make some kind of agreement and deal. I'm not sure what, but eventually she hands him a folder that contains information about the Flash and information about Aquaman. So we, I guess we ought to presume that's how he tracks them down to recruit them to be in the group. And uh, as he leaves, she says, you look really tired. And then she makes some statement to the equivalent of uh, you should stop staying out nights. So that's why I say this reverse of what you said before earlier uh, about the uh, about when he was Batman. And she uh, said, hey, mention of Bruce. And this one, he was Bruce and she made mention of Batman. So I thought that was really cool. Got you. Now, let me ask you this out of curiosity. When when she did that, was she wearing a blue suit? Oh, I cannot remember. <laughs> I cannot remember. Because <laughs> uh, in the because in the cartoon, she and I'm the only reason I remember that is I'm looking at a picture of her from from the cartoon, and she was always, I think, drawn with wearing a blue suit or a blue pantsuit or dress, or you know, or you know, but it was always a blue jacket. I think. Um, all right, so I want to ask you a question. Sure. If you had to compare which was greater, Dawn of Boredom, Suicide <laughs> Squad, which one was better? You know what? I will say that, again, I mentioned this in the last podcast. I think that the Donna Justice will eventually wind up, end up being a cult classic type of movie. But we are, are 75% of America goes to movies to have fun. Okay. You know? Again, before I mentioned, that's why I like the trailer from the Comic Con teaser we saw of uh, Justice League. They had the Flash, and it was a little more fast paced, and there was a little more jokes in it. So that being said, Suicide Squad, it was fun, man. Plot issues aside, it was a really, really fun movie. And to me, that is why you should watch this movie. Because we go to the movies to have fun. And, and to me, Donna, 
justice was just a different take that was just a bit too dark. Yeah, and you know what? I have I just caught something about how you said that. You stumbled for just a moment. I have said Donna for him so many times. <laughs> you almost said uh, Yep. You almost said Donna Boredom because you hesitated right before you said Justin. <laughs> so, you know, I think you're actually one of those people like we see on the news pundits that uh that have a comment simply because they are supposed to have that comment. You're just supposed to like Donna <laughs> Justice. And that's why you just always say good things because you're going to be the counter to mine and Lee's not liking it. So uh, that's, that's what it is. I've seen it twice. Okay. So. <laughs> I've seen it once. That was enough. Uh, I will, but I will say this. I will probably most likely watch it again once Wonder Woman comes out or right before Wonder Woman comes out so that I can get Wonder Woman in my head again before going to see. So, you know, it may be t- next year, but I will watch it again. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, it's just cool to see how these DC pieces are falling into place. Though rough at times, they are falling into place like they did in in the Marvel universe, and I think that's a good thing. You know, my my thing with the DC cinema cinematic. Growing up or reading comics back in the day, I used to read X Men last, and not because you know I didn't care about reading it. I used to read X-Men last because that was the one that was my favorite. That was the one that I anticipated the most. So I wanted to like get all the others out of the way before I read it. Now with Marvel, unfortunately, in the comic, you know, they are the ones that I often read first, X-Men included, because the stories to me just don't have the depth that they used. That said... DC and the comics are the ones that even, especially now with Rebirth, restoring all this stuff that I love, you know, they're, they're the ones that I want to be so great. Now, translated into the, <laughs> uh, movie universe, Marvel seems to have done everything right. And, de- and, and, and it's like, I'm as the fanboy sitting here going, please, 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 please give us greatness we yeah. want greatness we want yeah. to be entertained but give us greatness and so maybe you know maybe greatness is to come because you've actually got me to the point to where oh i think i kind of want to go see suicide yeah i mean it's just a fun movie i mean again like we talked about you you lee and i's differences you know this is just a popcorn you know is if you if you know these characters you might get a little more depth out of it if you're like me and know very little of course you know who joker is but the rest of the characters i really knew little to nothing about you know but it was just a, a fun movie you know not the greatest plot but you like the characters i mean uh, will smith and margot robbie were, were awesome in it so hey i said check it out And that concludes our review. I hope that you have enjoyed this trip down memory lane. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We're glad that you spent some time with us. Be sure to leave us some feedback. Let us know what you thought of this episode. You can do so by contacting via email at host at discussingnetwork.com or find us on Facebook by looking for Discussing Comics. And if you would like to, please check out our Facebook group. You can find it by looking for Discussing Network. And as always, one last thing, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. 
find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.